nights with you this morning. I've enjoyed the worship so far in the early service and now together with you. Thank you, Brother Gary, for all that you do in leading us to the throne room of God. Wow. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a praise for Brother Gary and Sister Kathy. We've been knowing one another a long time, and uh, it's always good to be with them, and always good to be with your pastor as well. I watch from a distance sometime to see what's going on at Stratford, and the way you have helped us through the years under his leadership with World Missions has just been awesome. And we're here today to say thank you for helping us reach all around the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well beyond your own city limits and borders, you have made an impact. Thank you, Stratford Heights. I love you, Pastor. I love teaming up with these guys. I remember the very first time we teamed up to go on a mission trip together to Australia. We went to Sydney and went up to the Blue Mountains and all through Tamrock and all of those places together. And uh, they drive on the wrong side of the road there, as the way I see it. They're on the other side, you know, and uh, I was riding with Gary. He took off on the wrong side of the road, and I'm thinking, we're going to die in Australia. And your pastor came up missing, and we found him over at Olivia Newton-John's house picking oranges off the trees. So, you know, we got history. Amen. <laughs> we got history, and uh, it's always good to be with you guys up here at Stratford Heights. It's always good to have the most beautiful woman in all of Tennessee follow me around. For 41, almost 41 years in April, Debbie, right there she is. Y'all give her a big welcome right there, yeah. 40, 41 years ago in April, I gave her that ring. Show, show them the ring, right there, right there it is. I've only got three more payments on that thing. Praise God. Good to have Debbie with me. And it's good to be representing Church of God World Missions, you know, 23 years from now, for, for me now in World Missions. And just for the fun of it, I've kept track. Uh, 77 nations they've sent me to document the ministries of World Missions, Church of God. I know we're not the only ones doing this, but I'm proud of what we're doing around the world. And so it's just been amazing. I told Pastor last night at dinner, I says, the hardest part of my job is getting out of my mouth what I've seen with my eyes and felt with my heart. If you would have just been there with me. I mean, it's just amazing what God is doing. And when you give and when you pray, when you speak about the Great Commission and missions, I'm going to tell you something. The Lord is honored. I believe that missions is the heartbeat of God. Somebody say amen if you believe that. And to be with you today is a pleasure to see a church, to see a pastor that has led you in amazing missions efforts. Every Sunday morning that you come in, I know what y'all do. And it's just been amazing to see what God has done through you and around. We'll talk a little bit later about that, but we say thank you this morning. You have helped us reach today, our family, the Church of God folks. I know we're not the only ones, but we have reached into 185 nations of the world today with the gospel of Jesus Christ because you said yes. We started with one missionary back in 1910, R.M. Evans, that went to the Bahamas to tell those people about Jesus. And today, because of people like you, we've got more than 600 missionaries on the field in those 185 nations preaching and proclaiming Jesus Christ as King and Lord of the world. Amen. We believe in the ministry to the widows and the orphans. You have helped us plant 130. 
orphanages around the world with more than 10,000 what some people call throwaway kids. Don't have mamas, don't have daddies. I don't know how you feel about it. I don't believe there is such a thing as a throwaway kid. I mean, you know, Jesus loves the little children of the world, and he says thank you today for helping us reach 134 orphanages with more than 10,000 little children. We are the strongest, our family, the Church of God family, are the strongest in the areas of the world where we've discipled and trained the national worker. We've got 116 Bible schools now with more than 30,000 students that are learning in the infallible word of the Lord. <laughs> Praise God. We're strongest in those areas. You know, I mean, you just think about it. They make better, better missionaries than we do. They already know the language. You know, they know the culture. They can win their own kind, their own people better than we can. And when we teach them about the loving God that we serve, they're able to share that more effectively than we are. And so we say thank you for those 116 Bible schools. You know, the, the most exciting statistic I could share with you this morning, Tim Hill, our general overseer, recently shared this, that since our 2012 General Assembly in Orlando, Florida, that because we've all joined together and, and reached out, 1.6 million new born-again Christians have come to Jesus Christ since the 2012 General Assembly. Hallelujah. <laughs> and we were looking at this last night together over dinner. The Stratford Heights family has been right in the middle of those results that I've just shared. By the way of giving in the last five years, we've calculated it out almost a million dollars to help us do what I just told you. Now, give your pastor and yourself a big hand clap of praise. And we say thank you from Church of God World Missions, Cleveland, Tennessee. This morning, if you have your Bibles or your iPhones, whatever you might use, I want you to turn with me to uh, Matthew, the chapter 5, and I'm going to read just two scriptures. Now, uh, when you hear what I picked to preach on this morning or share on this morning, you'll know quickly what God has laid upon my heart for you. Matthew chapter 5. 15 and 16. Let's read it. Let's look at it. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, which glorifies your Father in heaven. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be at Stratford Heights once again with this dear family of and community of believers. Let the word penetrate their hearts today, Lord, that we can leave this place with our light shining for you, I pray in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Got two questions for you this morning at Stratford Heights. How bright is your light shining? How bright is your light shining for Jesus, your Savior? Got another question. What is the current status of your testimony? Where are you with your witness? How often do you use your witness and talk about your Savior and your Lord? Jesus wants you to be a, a witness for Him. He wants your light to shine bright. He tells us in John chapter 12, verse 32, If I be lifted up, all you got to do is lift me up, I will draw all men unto me. What do you do when you lift somebody up? You talk about them. 
You brag about them. You say nice things about them. You lift them up. If I be lifted up, I will draw. You know, sometimes when you're ready to testify or when you're ready to give your witness to somebody, maybe a coworker or maybe a, a neighbor or a family member, and you just say, I'm not going to say anything because I don't have the words. I'm surely not capable of doing this. You don't have to be worried about that. All you got to do is be willing to lift him up. He says, I will draw. He will draw all men unto me. And we know he's being inclusive, Gary, when he says all men. He means everybody. All men, all women, all boys, all girls, all senior adults, all little children. Let me put it like this, Stratford Heights. You're never too old to tell somebody about your Savior. And you're never too young to sing, Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. The Lord wants your light to shine. He wants it to be bright. He wants you to be a witness for His kingdom and for His glory. Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20 has to be one of the most quoted scriptures in the entire Bible as it relates to the Great Commission call upon our lives. And we all have that call. Do you realize that the moment that you gave your heart to the Lord, it was at that very instant that you too were commissioned to be His witness. It's not just left up to Church of God World Missions in Cleveland, Tennessee to reach the world. It's all of our commission. The fullness of the commission lays upon every Christian man and woman and child of God. Do you believe that with me this morning? Matthew 28 instructs us then to go into all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to obey the things I've commanded. That's our commission. Go into all nations, and you're doing that. God wants us to be a witness. He wants your light to shine, and He wants your testimony to be strong in Him. Acts 1 and 8 confirms that by saying, When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, ye shall be my witnesses. Where? Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Now, I don't know if Acts 1 and 8 says to you what it says to me, but I get it. I get this out of it, that I'm supposed to be a light shining for him here, there, and everywhere. Not just everywhere, and not just here, but in the fullness of the Great Commission that is placed upon each of our lives if we know Christ is our personal Savior and Lord. We must preach or send the gospel literally, not just across the street, but literally around the world. That's our challenge. That's our commission as Christians. We're the only ones left to do this, folks. The early disciples are already rejoicing at the throne of Jesus, and you and I are still here to be left to walk the walk and to talk the talk. If we don't speak it with our lips, how will they hear? And to reach our arms around those who are less fortunate than us, that, that are, than, than us with the love of Jesus Christ. We're the ones. We're the only ones left. You know, Acts 1 and 8 has got to answer the question of those that would say, well, don't we have enough people right here in Middletown, Ohio, or in Cleveland, Tennessee, to win to Jesus Christ? And the answer to that question is the resounding, absolutely we do. But in the fullness of our individual commission for Christ, we must preach the gospel everywhere. We must send the gospel everywhere and let it be known that He's the only way, the truth, and the life. Oh, Brother Brinson, you're preaching, but, you know, I get it and all, but I'm not a preacher. I can't preach like that and the way the way pastor preaches and 
well, I'm not going to get on an airplane and go to China or Australia or, or Honduras or where Todd and Rhonda are down in Paraguay with the children of the dump down there. I just can't do that. Don't raise your hand if you're thinking that. <laughs> well, if you are thinking that, let me just address over here in Romans chapter 10, verse 13 through 15 that asks two questions. How then will they hear without someone preaching to them? And how will they preach unless they are sent? Oh, well, I got some good news for you today. When you stand faithful to God's call to go, whether it's you going or whether it's you sending somebody in your place as an extension of your light shining or as an extension of your testimony, that's when God has added promises in Malachi that he will open up the windows of heaven and pour out so many blessings upon you that it'll shake your mind. I mean, you won't be able to comprehend it all. That is the promise of God in the Bibles. When you stand faithful to him, he will be faithful to you. He will bless you abundantly. Well, that's a good thing, Brother Brinson, because I really need a blessing this morning. It's been a little stiff around our house lately, a little shy and a little bit soft. And if there's anybody in the room that needs a blessing more than me, I guess I'd like to know who they are. <laughs> Don't raise your hand if you're thinking that. But if you are thinking that, let me refer you to Luke chapter 6, verse 38. We talked about last night. Thank you, Lord. That your in a nutshell, your personal blessing is measured by the way you bless somebody else. So if it's been a little shy around your house a little bit lately, I, I, I would just have to ask you this question. When's the last time you blessed somebody else? <laughs> Y'all might not invite me back after preaching like this. But it's true. This is true. Let me just ask you this question. Think about it. When was the last time you shared your faith with somebody outside this church family? Do you remember? Do you remember the last time you shared your faith? You talked about the Lord, maybe at your office or with your neighbors cutting shrubs or whatever. Hey, let me just tell you why I'm whistling while I work. I take Jesus pills, you know. When's the last time you shared your faith? You know, I was reading a Billy Graham blog, Franklin Graham now, uh, not long ago, and I think I wrote it down here, which just blew my mind about USA Christians, some statistics that they had searched out and posted on this blog. I couldn't believe this, Pastor. This is USA Christians according to, and I believe what Graham would have to say. I think that's pretty legit. He says in USA Christians, this is the percentage, 90% of U.S.-based Christians will never share their faith. Only 21% of U.S.-based Christians will ever invite anybody to their church. This one killed me. It says 95% of all USA-based Christians, 95% will never lead, leave anybody to the Lord, lead anybody to the Lord. I, I couldn't believe this. I asked the same question not long ago, and uh, when's the last time you shared your faith? A little lady about the fourth row back, back this way, she spoke to me. She says, I did last Thursday. And I said, well, praise God, there's still some of us doing it. 
God wants you to be a witness. He wants your light to shine. He wants you to have a bright future in Him and be a beacon of light to a lost and dying world. He wants you to be a witness. I, I, I shared this in the earlier service. I don't know if I should have or not, but I'm going to do it again. I read this article not long ago. It's okay if we talk like this. I know I'm a little different. I'm a crippled preacher this morning. Amen. <laughs> Had trigger finger surgery the other day. And uh, Debbie told me to tell y'all that I got this because the last church I went to didn't give enough admissions, you know. And Forget I said that. But anyway, I was reading this article not long ago. And it said in this article that listed the top ten places that a, that a Christian could be most effective in sharing their testimony, talking about the Lord. And it caught my attention because the number one place on this top ten list, Brother Gary, was in an airplane. And I got to thinking, boy, with my job, with all we have to go and around the global I got to spend a lot of time. I got all, I'm a million miler with, with Delta and got all the bags and everything, you know, with American Airlines. And, 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 and I have to sit in airplanes a lot with, with my ministry. So it kind of stuck to me right in my heart when I read that, that's the best place. Then I got to thinking about it. Well, it makes a whole lot of sense because when you get in that airplane and it takes off, whoever it is sitting beside you can't go nowhere. You got a customer. They're stuck there. And I just, let me just demonstrate. When you get in, I actually have an airplane seat here today that they got me. When I get in an airplane, I like to not have an aisle seat. I always go toward the back and I get an aisle seat. And so you, when you do, if you think about it, when you go in in an airplane, you sit down. You're fighting over the armrest, you know, with this guy here or this lady here. And if the person in front leans it back, you, you have to be very careful or you could get hit right in the nose. And it's, a, it's a real tight little quarters and you're a two-by-two cubicle and you're sitting there and you're in the air and, and whoever it is right there, they're not going anywhere. You got a customer. But I have a confession to make this morning right here at Stratford Heights. I don't like to talk to people on airplanes. And I don't want them to talk to me. I want to be left alone so I can sit there in my little airplane chair in the aisle seat and think about what it is I'm going to do when I get to where I'm going so I can be the very best for the Lord when I get to where I'm going. You might feel the same way. <clears throat> Not long ago, I had to go to Syracuse, New York. New York is one of my states as liaison for world missions. And from Chattanooga to Atlanta, I was fine. Nobody talked to me in the plane the whole time. It was really a really a delightful time. Then I got in Atlanta, and I got on the plane to go to Syracuse, which is about an hour and 20-minute flight. And when I got back to my seat, on the aisle seat, there was a window, a little lady, maybe 70, mid-70s, really nice dress, reading a book, sitting there, and then four or five chairs and a couple over there. And I noticed she was reading a book. I didn't see what she was reading, but... I thought, thank God she's reading the book. She's going to leave me alone. So I sat down there, and we took off, headed to Syracuse. We weren't in the airplane in the air for 20 minutes, and that little lady put her book down and looked at me. She says, where are you from? I thought, Lord, here we go. So I said, well, ma'am, I said, I'm from Cleveland, Tennessee. Where are you from? And she looked at me and smiled. She says, I'm from Salt Lake City. 
then I saw the book she was reading. A little Mormon thing going on there, that little LDS thing going on there, you know. She thought she had a customer. <laughs> and then, and then she asked me, well, what do you do? Brother Ray, the Holy Ghost hit me at 34,000 feet. And I had remembered at that very instant seeing something recently on Facebook. You probably saw this too, where this pastor was flying from India, and he don't want to talk to anybody, and he used some stuff on the person he was sitting beside that was pretty interesting. I thought, I'm going to try that on this lady. So when she asked me, well, what do you do? I said, well, I work for a global enterprise, and we have outlets in 185 nations of the world. She said, you do? I said, we do. I says, we have hospitals, homeless shelters. I said, we've got 134 orphanages with more than 10,000 little students or little kids. You do? We do. I'm getting louder and louder and the plane's starting to shake. <laughs> you know. I says, we've got 116, I didn't say Bible, training centers with over 30,000 students. You do? We do. I was starting to run out, and then I told her, we deal in life insurance and fire insurance. And I said, basically, we're, we work with people from birth to death, and we specialize in behavioral alteration. <laughs> she says, you do? I says, we do. I says, well, what's it called? I said, Church of God World Missions. Have you ever heard of it? And let me tell you something, for the next bit of that airplane ride, that little Mormon lady got a good dose of the Father, she got a good dose of the Son, and she got a good dose of the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you at Stratford Heights this morning, it's time we stand up as a Christian movement and proclaim the name of Jesus from the mountaintops, proclaim it from the city streets, proclaim it everywhere you go, let the people know that He's the only way, the truth, and the life, and no one, no one will come to the Father but through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Come on and give the Lord if you believe what I'm saying this morning. People may not understand Jesus. People may not know or feel the presence of Jesus. People may have never even heard the name of Jesus like we know it. But if you'll just tell them or send someone in your place where you can't go to tell them, that's when people from all over this world will come to the knowledge of knowing and serving the only God, the only provider, the only protector, the only healer, the only redeemer. I'm not talking about Buddha this morning. I'm not talking about the million gods the Hindus serve or Muhammad. I'm talking about Jesus Christ, King of Kings. Let it be known. He is the only way. The only way. The only name. Name above all names. Hallelujah. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. But there's something about the name of Jesus. I read this one, one time that he's the only one I know that can turn a mess into a message. <laughs> He's the only body I know that can turn a trial into a triumph. He's the only one I know that can turn a victim. I hope you're writing this down. <laughs> victim into a victory. 
And he's the only one I know that can turn a test into a... <laughs> Praise the Lord, Stratford Heights got my message this morning. You got it right. So once again, I ask you these questions this morning. How bright your light shining? What's the current status of your testimony? I read this one place that said that the Great Commission is not an uh, option to be considered. It's a commandment to be obeyed. And that the supreme task of every Christian is for them to win one person to the kingdom of God, share their faith, share their testimony locally and globally. I mean, we got to be global Christians with global vision because we serve a global God. He don't just live in Cleveland, Tennessee, or in Stratford Heights, or in Middletown, Ohio. We serve a global God. I heard it said like this one time. Unless the great commission becomes the great go-mission, we commit the great omission. Oh, but when you stand faithful to God, and when you say, you know what, if you can use anything, Lord, you can use me. Take my hands, take my feet. Touch my heart, speak through me. Boy, that'd be a good song if someone would write it. You know, I, I might have told you this before, but my daddy was the first one to tell me this. I'm sure you've heard it. He says, Terrell, there's three kind of people in this world. People that make things happen. People that, want, uh, that, that, that watch things happen. And people that wonder what happened. <laughs> he says, who do you want to be? I'm going to tell you who I want to be for my king, for my Savior. Gary, I want to be somebody that makes something happen for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning is a, a different kind of a service. You've already detected that. I'm a different kind of a crippled preacher. But it's, I believe what we're here doing today is an or, or, ordained by the Lord. Uh, and what I'm about to do, you could figure it, I did this last time I was here. You know, we always do a missions offering. We do our faith promise cards and, and uh, that sort of thing. But today is a little different. It's different for you and different for me. I've been talking to your pastor about this service. We, Like he said earlier, we started trying to book this in June. Didn't work out. We was going to come in August. That didn't work out. And finally, we came today. And I believe it's ordained of God for Debbie and I to be with you today. In a new model for missions of what we, I'll just be, I told them last night what I'm going to do tomorrow. I've never done this before. Church of God World Missions has never done what we're about to do right now. But we do this in support of your pastor, the missions vision that you've had over the years. I mean, it's been amazing in support of what you want to do right here locally. World Missions has never done what we're about to do. I believe it's of God. When, when I walked in a little while ago, he had to show me all this stuff that y'all been doing over here. You know, all those rooms and the children and the, 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 the dugout uh, sanctuary. I guess that's what you call it, the dugout. Hey, give me one of them signs and we'll name it the dugout. <laughs> the Brinson dugout. <laughs> but he's been showing me all the things that this church has been doing locally here. We're not worried at World Missions about what you do globally. It is unbelievable what you have done globally. You have had the heart. I have preached about this church in many, many of the churches that I go to. That's what we do. Every Sunday we're at a different place just about. And I've used your pastor, Brother Phillips, and I've used, I've used this church as a model for missions. 
the way you have given beyond your own borders and your own city limits has come right back to bless you. 100, since 1903 or whatever it was, 1910, whenever this first Auburn Street church was, a, was established and now look at what's going on, the way the Lord is using you. It's, it's crazy to see how you guys give to world missions. Chris Swift. Todd and Rhonda Taylor, I've been to the Paraguay, the Asuncion uh, Children of the Dump. I see what people that attend your church do every, every Sunday and working with those little kids. It's amazing. If you could just see that, you'd want to go with them. You'd want to be with them and support the ministry. And you do. I've seen Chris Swift and Bobby Lynch from Alabama, him and Tamitha, dear friends. I've been to Ecuador many times, and I've seen the work that they've done. If you could just see the way your dollar is in action, I don't have words to explain the good that you do. And we at World Missions recognize that and are not here this morning to ask you for anything, for global ministries. We're here supporting his vision to love my church. When I walked in a little while ago, I saw this graph where already since he has began to promote this, more than, you, this is up, not up to grade. You told me 125 or more thousand dollars has, has already been promised on our $500,000 goal. <laughs> World Mission says yes to this. And I'm here today to help him fulfill the vision that God has placed in his heart with you to help us raise locally $500,000 to build what we want to build to invest in our own people right here because we know what you've done. And we know that if the foundation of Stratford Heights becomes stronger than it's ever been before with the investment that you will make locally, that your ministry will shine globally. We know that. <laughs> Pastor, I want you to come just for a moment. Uh, you can explain this concept of love my church better than me. And when you're finished, I'd like to take just another moment and show them what we want to do this morning in way of faith promise in order for everyone to have the opportunity. We had a great response this morning, the early service. We want to give that to you. Explain to us what God has placed upon your heart and how this is all going to work here and what that $500,000 is going to do to accent the foundational ministries of Stratford Heights. Well, quickly. It's important. Number one, I'm blown away by this. I know for a fact World Missions doesn't do this. And as he shared his heart with us last night, he he felt like it was something that God was directing and leading him, and I felt the same, and I was blown away by the effort that they're making to come and stand alongside of us because our heart, our heart together for World Missions is that we will not stop giving to missions. We will not stop giving our offerings in both services on Sunday morning. We'll never stop doing that. We'll never stop supporting the ministries we have in Eastern and Western Europe, Romania. There. More particularly, we did the Rafa Care Center there. You built a $450,000 medical care facility. You paid that much. We've done so much in Africa. and We've done Australia. We've helped the New Heart Church in Australia with Jackie and Fred Kessner, who were here with us for 30 days. We've done amazing. We built the church that helped build the New Beginning Church that's in Alaska, in Barrow, Alaska, where we had to go and dedicate the building and nearly died. <laughs> we built five churches. You may not have, I've announced it a few times, but maybe it hasn't really clicked, but we built five churches in South America. And we 
took care of making sure they had the staff and they had the building and they were ready to have church. Of course, we took care of the Hosanna Christian Center as well in Quito and loved the little Quichua Indians there and, and had a wonderful time with them and God directed that. We've always cared about missions and we always will. Can I get an amen? But what's amazing about this is that it came back in our conversations. I went home and I was praying about it early, even early this morning and last night. And the Lord kept taking me back to the parable of the sower. And it says, when you look at that scripture, it says, And there was a sower who went out to sow. And as he was sowing, as he was sowing, and that, that was the key for me. I stopped right there. The seed that fell from that. Some fell on the wayside, some fell in the thorns, some fell on the stony path, but some fell on good ground. And it said the ones that fell on good ground multiplied a hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, over and over again. And as I looked at that and I understood what God was saying to me, he was saying, you keep on sowing. And as you keep on sowing, I'm going to make sure that Stratford has what it needs. And I'm believing that. I feel led of the Spirit. I wouldn't, I wouldn't come this far and, and I wouldn't seek out this kind of a campaign unless I felt God's hand was on it and he is he has led us and guiding us as we continue to move forward and do what we've done we've got this wonderful new building out there and God has blessed us and touched us to be able to have that and it was a vision that the Lord gave us for that as well and in that process God has touched us to do many things all along the way but there's some things we haven't finished and as you know, we talked about it. There's a big, fat hallway down there. Big, huge, wide hallway that looks like Interstate 75. It's empty. That wasn't designed to be that way. It's a kid's activity street. We love our kids. Can I get an amen? We love our families. That whole building out there was built for families. From the cafe to the bookstore to the auditorium for youth to the children's, med uh, uh, children's church area to our Bright Beginnings nursery and toddler area. Everything was built for the family. We decided, we, we stacked everybody up in one room in the gymnasium for 25 years, and it was time. The Lord said, here's a green light. Go forward. I want you to expand this so that you can grow and you can continue to do. And you know what? We built that big building out there, and not one month did we miss in giving to missions and supporting our missionaries. We kept it going then, and we'll keep it going now. So that's why I'm thankful, because I feel like the Lord is blessing us. He's helping us. He's giving to us. He's allowing this, I believe. You know, when World, world Missions calls, and they say, we're coming, and we want to do World Missions giving, I, I'm sometimes a little stressed, because I'm like, well, we give to these other areas, but we'll have you, and then they come in, and, and sometimes, not him, but sometimes through the years, I've seen people roll their eyes, and you say, hey, we're having a mission service Sunday, and people are like, I'm not coming, <laughs> it's always been different that way, but not anymore, because we're a mission-minded church, and we love helping other people, but you know, God's given us a major responsibility right here in Middletown, Ohio, this is number, one of the top dying cities in Ohio. And yet we've got a thriving church here that's ministering to our community. God's touched us and he's allowing us because of our gifts to the world. He's allowing us to focus this campaign on helping us to move forward. Here's what we got. Somebody asked me the other day, what exactly are we doing? Here's what we're doing. We have the kids activity street. We need a security area there for kids and their check-in. It's got to be a place where we can totally make sure they're safe. And right now we use people to keep them safe. 
That's good. It will always have the people, but it's made for us to build a security place, a security safe place there as the kids are put in. And then that hallway is supposed to look like something from the Marvel comics. It's supposed to look like something amazing. There's supposed to be sensory activities and all kinds of gaming and a volcano that's coming out of the wall. It's supposed to look like Mickey Mouse himself walked in and said, hey, not Mickey. We don't do Disney. No, we're not doing Disney. That's it. It's supposed to look like a kid's beautiful, beautiful play place. And it's supposed to draw kids. I had a vision in my heart of little kids getting out of their cars in the parking lot for Jesus and running to the church, dragging their parents. Couldn't wait to get in. I, want, I think that what we do for God, we ought to do our best. When Solomon was instructed to build the temple, he built it to the very best of the ability. God's house did not sacrifice. And you know, when you think about it, we are his house, and we're building the kingdom through the work that's happening inside of us. As we build one another, and as we build a place for ministry, how many of you know we're building the house of God? From our littlest kids all the way to our adults. So God is going to help us there. That's one of the projects. There's, as you know, there's all kinds of units. This building is 30 years old, almost 30, coming up on 30. And we've got air conditioning units. We're supposed to be running so many units for this one sanctuary alone. We're running on half those because they're not working. We jerry-rig one and we turn around and, and fix another one and wire this one and put a new co compressor in that one and we keep them going and it's crazy and we have all kinds of other equipment equipment in the sanctuary that's been here for 30 years some of this up here in the sanctuary don't even work because it's old and it needs to come down and we need to upgrade the things that we're doing for God's house how many of you know it's God's house it's God's house and you know we talked openly I shared with you about our love for the marvelous carpet from 19 but wow wow you know We've got to upgrade some things around here that need to be upgraded after 30 years. When you've got people that are literally going all over the place trying to find new places to do weddings because they don't want this color in their weddings pictures. Not, but that wouldn't be the only reason we do it. That's just one of the reasons. And then we need, as, as we're looking at, at a culture, a society, and, and people we're trying to win. How many of you know, how many of you are already won? You're saved. Yeah, Okay. You realize we're not trying to reach you, right? Come on, say amen. We're not trying to reach you. We're trying to reach your sons, your daughters, your grandkids. We're trying to reach your friends, your neighbors. <laughs> Jesus didn't say, I'll make you good. I'll call you to be good church members. He said, I'm going to call you to be fishers of men. When you go fishing, you got bait. We need to make excellent ministries with the quality that they deserve, that God deserves, his kingdom deserves. And in that process, God's leading us. So the sanctuary, we need to bring, the, the sanctuary project will bring the beauty of this classic space into the 21st century. We're going to do our best through internal systems, heating units, air, air conditioning units, maintenance items, parking lot expansion, the kids' activity street, and all of that. As God has put it all together, it's not just one project, it's actually about 20 projects that we're putting all underneath one umbrella. And as we do this, our promise to World Missions is that we will not stop giving every single month our missions giving offerings out of both morning services. We're going to do this without those. I've been told over and over again by ministers, pastors, people in the state, they tell me over and over again, more times than I can count, I've been told, how are you running 
that church, the size of your church, how are you running it, giving your two biggest offerings every Sunday away? I just point up. I just point up. So I believe with all my heart, this is one last big project until we get to the next one. Because I also believe healthy things continue to grow. Right? So God's going to keep leading us. I can't promise you that five years, ten years from now, we won't come back for a $10 million project. I'm believing that healthy things continue to grow. But as we do, we make the sacrifice because this church always has. We love the kingdom. We love the work. Not only what we are part of around the world, but we love what we're doing in Middletown, this community. Others have given up on Middletown, but we're not in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor. When you walked in a little while ago, we had left in the pews these faith promise cards, which you're familiar with. This is the way we've done it in the past, and today, this is also going to be a 12-month faith promise that you will be filling out. This is not a bill. It will not be called a pledge. It's a faith promise. And whatever God has laid upon your heart through the message today and through the messages to come. We'll be working on this for the next several weeks until we can feel as though we've raised the funds to be able to fulfill the vision that God has given us. A 12-month faith promise. Faith promise is something that you just trust in the Lord. This is, Lord, this is what I'd like to give this next 12 months. If I could somehow have that channel through me, I'll give this. I can't afford this, Lord, without you. I see, I see him coming back up here already. He's got another anointing. This just, this just in. Right after the first service, I wanted to tell you all, so thankful for Esperanza and our Hispanic Latin ministry. They gave, amen, they gave a promise that this year that ministry alone is going to give $15,000. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Brian and Amelia. Thank you so much. And Esperanza, Dios le bendiga. Mucho, mucho gracias. So happy. And I, I am thankful I to testify of this. A, a gentleman came and met me in the altar, and he put his arm around me after first service. He said, Pastor, don't get discouraged. He said, don't worry about this. He said, let me tell you what happened. He said, we didn't have it. We made a pledge. We said, we're going to help our church. We're going to be part of the team. We're going to join with everybody else and make the sacrifice. He said, we made a sacrifice. We did it. He said, our roof, everything in the world went wrong, even rotten wood on the top of the roof. The insurance had turned it down. Nothing was working. Couldn't do anything. It was going to be over $10,000 that we were going to have to spend out of our pocket. But we were doing our best to try to find it. But we said we're going to fulfill our pledge anyway. I want you to know, in the turn of events, he looked at me and he smiled. He put his arm around me. And he said, and you know what? God turned it around. The insurance re-looked at everything. The roof is being completely paid for. He said, since we made our pledge, God gave us the roof back. So isn't that a wonderful? I believe God's in this. Thank you, Pastor. That's the way the Lord works. Amen. You have this faith promise card in front of you. If you'd take just a moment and fill this out. Uh, put your name and your address on there, and I will assure you that no one will ever call you about this. Uh, it's between you and the Lord. However, the only reason we need your name and address is because 
come April 15th, you're going to get a tax credit for your gifts. And I know that you will want that. So we need record of who gave and who has promised uh, in this project uh, for Love My Church. Yeah, do you all have one of these? Raise your hand if you don't have one. Uh, ushers, could you help us? Here we have some here. Oh, good idea. And a pen. Raise your hands again if you don't have one of these. They're coming around now. Passing. The, here's one down here on the front. Uh, we'll make sure that everyone has one because I've always said when the team plays, the whole team plays. We need to all do something for the Lord today. Again, thinking of a figure in your mind that you would like to give over the next 12-month period. Now, last night we talked about this, and our goal, remaining goal, uh, would be $350,000 to meet the goal because we've already had over 100, 125 or, or more that has been promised so far. So we're still $350,000 shy. So I begin to pray about this. Lord, how can I, I mean, I raise missions money. I don't know how to do this other than just lay it out heart to heart. You know, from Terrell to you, that's all I can say. And I came up with this formula. And I believe there's a formula for building God's kingdom. We might as well have a formula for filling this vision. Amen? $350,000 would mean that I need five people. I'm not going to make you raise your hands or nothing like that. Just if I say a figure that sticks in your spirit, maybe that, that might be a faith promise for you. I need five people. We need five people in both services. Not each service, but a total of five people that would consider giving a $10,000 gift to this project this year. You can do There's many people. There's... There's many of us that w that would be way far out, but there's some of us who could do that. Maybe the Lord's speaking to you this morning like that roof thing, you know. You take a step of faith and watch Him open the windows up for you. But we need five people in this Stratford Heights church that would consider a $10,000 gift over the next 12 months. That's 50000 right there. We need 25 people in our family that would say, I could do $5,000 a month. That's $125,000, $5,000 in a year. You can do the math. There's 52 weeks in a year. There's 12 months in a year. We need 40 people that would say, you know what? I could do $2,500 this year investing in my own church, loving my own church, something that I can enjoy, my kids can enjoy, and Maybe down the road my grandbabies will enjoy this. Investing in the foundation for Stratford Heights that you can literally reach the world for Christ. We need 50 people that would say, you know what? I could do $1,000 this year for love my church. And we need 50 people that would say, you know what? I could do $500 this year. That's $25,000. If you add all that up together... Well, let me just tell you this. If you're one of our $500 givers and divide it into 52 weeks, that's like less than $10 a week. Over a course of 12 months, a course of 52 weeks, you will have given $500 to this project. You can do the math yourself on these. It says you need 50 here, but really you only need 49. Because Debbie and I, she doesn't know this, I bought the T-shirt and we're one of the $500 givers, Okay. The check is in the mail. We're part of this family. You've had us and been so kind to us. So we really only need 49 of you 
that would get on board with me and Debbie and do the 500. If I was a member here, I might would figure out a way to get to 10,000 somewhere. Let me tell you what happened. Can I, let me, can I share the thing with your sister and brother-in-law? They live in Chattanooga, which is 20 minutes from us south. And uh, one of the ladies that worked for Church of God World Missions in the accounting center just down the hallway from my office, she was beaming the other day, about a month ago now. And I said, what is the deal with you? You, you own Jesus pills too, I think. And she said, let me tell you what happened at our church, which is the one that Rick and Carolyn go to, uh, Smith, down in Chattanooga, uh, Redemption for the Nations. They have this huge complex and they're in a very similar campaign to build the foundation for their church because they too are doing wonderful things for the kingdom of God locally and globally. And right when he was doing what I'm doing right now, there was somebody that walked up on the stage unannounced and he had to stop and listen to what they were going to say. And they said that she told me that he stood there and listened as the guy whispered in his ear. And all, in just a moment said pastor fell to his knees on the stage, just broken and humbled. And when he was finally able to get his composure up, he got up and the man had handed him a check that morning for $4.5 million. You tell me God's not God in Chattanooga and He's not God in Stratford Heights. It's the same God, folks. He can do that right here. There may be someone sitting in this congregation this morning and said, you know what? It might be a stretch, but I could write the $350,000 check and everything we raise for this other deal can go to World Missions. Well, that didn't take too good, but you get the idea anyway. So today, I ask you to let this be your faith promise and allow the Lord to use you to build a strong foundation at your own church. World Missions believes in this or I wouldn't be here. We're asking you to treat yourself to great ministry. You've already got a great pastor, a great music minister, a great I haven't seen the Joneses in here. Maybe they're not here today. Brother Jones is here. They're at a funeral. You've got a wonderful staff here that have led you for many years. I knew WD and Helen Watkins when I was a little boy. My dad was the overseer of Alaska and they came to visit us and I gave Helen Watkins a ride on a snowmobile that she would never forget. Brother Watkins told me, he says, Terrell, I think you about killed Helen on that snowmobile. So I've known the history of this church. I felt a part. I use you as an example everywhere I go. So today I'm asking you to put it back right here. Love your church and help us with this $500,000 goal. Fill it out. Now, if you'll notice, look at your card for a second. I'll show you how to fill this out and then I'm done. It'll give me about three more minutes here. If you'll put your name on there, and over the right-hand side, there's a place for checks and cash. Make your checks payable to the Stratford Lights Church, and we're going to receive that here in a moment. We're going to get the ushers ready to receive this offering here in just a moment. Okay, you see that big box in the middle that says weekly, annually, monthly, and all this? Just forget that. If you're one of our $10,000 annual givers, you don't have to pay it today. Put 10,000, 10K, and circle it. Whatever your faith promise is, circle it. Forget all that other stuff in that box. If you're one of the $500 givers for the next 12 months, put 500 and circle it. We're going to count that in a minute and see where, where the read is on this. We believe that tonight or next Sunday when you come back together, we're going to be able to give you a good announcement that the Lord has met the need 
of what God has placed upon your pastor and this staff's life. Do you, would you believe that with me this morning? So whatever your faith promise is, circle it in the middle of that faith promise card and we'll have a read on where we're headed with this and what to expect. There's also a place there for credit cards. It's the easiest way to give. Nobody carries cash anymore. I feel like an infomercial up here, but this is God's kingdom work, what we're doing right here. This is not an infomercial. This is the Lord's work. But just put your credit card information down there, and what they will do is take one, they'll take your total gift, divide it into 12, and at the beginning of every month, they'll take that much off of your credit card. And at the end of 12 months, they stop. They won't continue unless you call them up and say, you can continue this for a little longer. They know it's a 12-month faith promise and then it's done. We'll move on to the next, the next projects around the world. Okay, if you have your faith promises filled out now, I would like for you to take and tear off the back sheet. The hard copy is yours to keep. Look to your neighbor and say, the hard one's mine to keep. And tear it off and put that on your refrigerator. And every time you go to that refrigerator to get some milk or a Coca-Cola or a or a sandwich, you see that faith promise and you pray for the Love My Church project right here that's going to bless and minister to you and in turn minister to the entire world for Jesus. Tear off the back copy and keep it. Are you ready to give? Ushers, get ready. How are we going to do this? They're coming now to serve you. Can we pray and ask the Lord to take what you give today and over the next 12 months to multiply it to meet the need that, is, that has been placed in your pastor's heart. I believe this is going to be kingdom work at its best this morning. Will you take a sacrificial step and be a part of the blessing? Father, I thank you this morning for another great opportunity for Debbie and I to be with this man of God, Ray Phillips and the staff that they have in the church community of believers here at Stratford Heights. And from the bottom of my heart, Lord, representing Church of God World Missions International out of Cleveland, Tennessee, Lord, I just say that we say thanks once again to this pastor and this church. On your behalf, God, I, I just, just want to say, Lord, touch these people. And in Malachi, where you ask us even to test you in this to see if you'll not do it, Lord, we, we, we just do that today, knowing that your promises are true. Let this gift that we make today and over the next 12-month period be fulfilled in the name of Jesus, I pray. And everybody said, Amen. Look to your neighbor and say, if you hadn't come today, I've been the best-looking one here. Amen. Please don't forget, uh, won't you stand with me as, you're, as they're coming down the aisles? Don't forget to go by the bookstore, get your free gift. You got a 100-year commemoratory plate that is yours for free. You're able to go by and pick that up today. And also browse around, have some refreshments, and help us as we launch the Morrison's Corner Bookstore this afternoon. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Be back tonight, 6 o'clock. Pastor Richard is going to be speaking, and it's going to be a great church. God bless you. Let your glory fill this place. Let your glory fill.